The RPG After Years is part of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Find out more at probablywork.com. Welcome to the RPG After Years, your weekly show covering all things RPGs from the past, present, and future. This is episode 116. I'm Scott. And I'm Rich. So, a little something called the Summer Game Fest has kicked off, and it's ongoing now. And these days, it's like the closest thing we have to E3. So, we've got some cool RPG news to cover. And later in the episode, the RPG Club. But first, let's catch up. Believe it or not, Rich, this has been a slow, slower week, even for me. Oh man! What do you what What do you got first? So two things. One, Final Fantasy Thirteen, obviously. Um, we'll talk about that later. Yep. Um, and I finally got my new laptop. Okay. So that's really it. Well, I got it last night, so. Have you brought up the laptop on the show before? I think so. Okay. Well, maybe not. So I'll, I'll fill it in with people. So a week or so on Memorial Day, I finally decided to pull the trigger. My wife doesn't know about it. Um, but I pulled the trigger on a laptop because my company offers discounts to employees. So I went to the, the website that um, we got discounts through, like Dell, and I saw a laptop, an Alienware. And it was like... They had their big Memorial Day sale and everything was like half off. So I was like, I can't pass that up. So, and it was much better than my current laptop now. So I decided to finally get that. So I now have an Alienware. Neat. And I'm getting rid of my current laptop. So I've had this laptop for about six, seven years. And if anybody knows laptops, they start to deteriorate after a certain period of time. So time for a new one. Yeah. You know, I just had a thought. Um, I wasn't really interested in a gaming or like a laptop per se, because I've got this this rig now, this PC. But one problem I've run into over and over again is if I'm not streaming a game, like if I want to play it with Corey or somebody, like I can't. There are some technologies that you can do, like Parsec, for example, um, mm-hmm. to, to stream what's going on on your PC elsewhere. But um, when I tried it, it... I guess because I'm not on Ethernet. Well, my PC is, but nothing else is. Um, it was like it. The connection wasn't good enough to stable, stabilize it because that's why Lauren couldn't play FF13 with us. Oh, yeah. So what would really be good is if I had like a PC in the living room to where I could just plug it in directly to 
the P- the PC, but that nobody wants like a giant computer right next to their TV. It's like an eyesore. So, uh-huh. you know, a gaming laptop might fix that. It would, it would, and they're they're pretty fancy. So you get a good high dollar or like a high dollar one that has the the, the high specs to it. It'll last you a long time. So that's what I did with my current laptop. So I hate to see it go. I'm prepping it for sale. Uh, I'm going to get rid of it. Um, but you know, it's time. So, cause I know Scott, you, you've, I've talked to you guys about it in the past. Like, all right, we gotta get ready for the show. I'm like, all right, let my computer boot up after 20 minutes. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, but now we shouldn't have that problem. So you said you're going to use FF 15 to test it. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Um, we'll see how it goes. I'll even check out Final Fantasy seven, uh, remake on it. We'll see. Oh, yeah. I know it's on sale. So I want to know how 13 that runs. Will be the tip. Yeah. Oh, I've got 13 as well. So we'll see with that. Okay. Uh, but that's it. That's really all I've got. So uh, nothing beaten, nothing really progressing too much. So Scott, what about you? Okay. So um, I have also been playing Final Fantasy 13. We'll get more into that later. Uh, also been playing Chrono Cross for the RPG side club. The game nearly broke me, Rich. I thought it had broken me. Uh, I was like playing through it. It was slogging through it. I was in misery, just couldn't. I was not enjoying it at all. I told the Discord, I'm done. I don't want to play anymore. Like, I'm not going to force myself to to keep going <laughs> through this. Then I rested on it for like a day, and I was like, okay, let's give it one more go. So I hit the checkpoint, but and I, I'm kind of getting the hang of it a little bit more and enjoying it a little bit more, but I still I don't really have an idea what's happening. The final dr- uh, dungeon of this segment is was awful. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to keep going with it and you guys can look forward to the bonus episode whenever Bill comes up with that to get my, uh, shots with Scott feedback. <laughs> I, I guess I don't understand like with Chrono Cross, I, I get a lot of people love it. I I've tried it. Uh, I'm with you on that one. I don't know how I feel, but it seems like every time I look at people streaming the game or I see people playing it, none of the characters are the same. <laughs> well, Not, you know, the whole thing with that is it's 40 yeah. characters. So. Yeah, there's just 40 different characters and like huge amounts of people back, you know, stories and, and connections to this game and everything. But it's like, OK, that's a little too much. It's all too busy. It's mm-hmm. all too busy. I can't handle that. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, good luck to you, sir. Thanks. Hopefully uh, I, I managed to stick through it. Um, let's see. I've also been playing Zelda Link's Awakening. I've played that before, so not a whole lot to report there. I'm playing Bravely Default 2 as well, which I'm, I've am i gotten to the point in Bravely Default 2 right now where I, I think I'm a little over-leveled, for, which is a nice change of pace for that game because usually I'm, that's, that's the opposite. Um, however, I spent a stream on it, and I, it took me like the whole stream to get through one dungeon. And I'm still in, you know, Chapter 2, of seven. And so I'm just constantly like, like, I mean, I'm already like 30 hours in. I'm like, damn, how long is this game? <laughs> I, I don't know, man. It seems like it's a long, long ass game. I can't remember if it was Frost or Disa or maybe both, but they were telling me like, oh, well, I finished it in like 60 something hours. I'm like, I am not on track for that. <laughs> That's a long, well, you definitely. Yeah. Um, but I'm still enjoying it. So I'll, slowly keep plugging away at that. And then finally, uh, I finished Sonic Mania, believe it or not. That was, um, 
I, I started that game like when it came out and then just recently it's been on my backlog forever i got like two-thirds into the game and then just recently i was like you know what you know they, they started showing the sonic origins trailers and all that and i'm like i'm gonna go finish sonic mania finally so i restarted it and i finished that in just like you know two and a half streams so <laughs> uh i liked it i'm not the biggest fan of 2d sonic but it's i, I can admit that it's a good game anyway is that all you got Anything yeah, new else besides that? I think that? that's it. It's been a. I had okay. lots of time to stream, but I've been trying to like focus in on a few games this week. Yeah. Um, so, go ahead. House moved yet? Nope. No, no but we do, we do have schedule. Uh, we do have movers scheduled, and uh, I've done s- some packing as well with nice. uh, uh, Corey. Corey was in the hospital the past few days for those listening, but that's a whole saga that you can find out more about in the Discord. If you want, <laughs> um, let's just say it involved a chainsaw, a hooker, and cocaine. I'm just kidding. It did you, not have anything to do with that. Just to tell it people all that. Re- <laughs> it was remotely close to that. Yeah. It sounded like a horrible episode of Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> um, yeah, good times. So, Rich, why don't you uh, update the people on the RPG Club? You know, I would love to. So, as again, you guys probably know that we host every knows it all the time is the rpg club rpg club we treat this just like a book club but instead it is a game that we picked with our listeners on the patreon that uh, vote on a game and then we break it into segments so the current game is actually final fantasy 13 and the current checkpoint is now because uh we've just finished chapter seven the checkpoint for next time is chapter nine palamecia the due date is June 26th, so keep up with that, and uh, we'd love to have you guys join in with us and, and come along for the adventure. Yep, and we'll be uh, convening the RPG Club at the end of this episode to talk about this past segment we just completed. Yes. Other than that, our Final Fantasy VII charity challenge is ongoing, the Materia Lockdown. I don't know how much long is left on there. I can never remember the, the due date, but... That's uh, still going on. There's still a little bit of time to join in and get your lockdown on. And it's all for a good cause. It's If you're looking for a reason to spice up Final Fantasy VII, it's there. Find out more at materialockdown.com. All right. Are we ready to move on to the news? I'm ready for it. Hear ye, hear ye. Gather round for all your news. Stop your clatter and listen close. Alas, you won't believe your ears. Listen close for the news. Okay, so Jeff Keighley's Summer Game Fest has been going on lately. So there's been a lot of video game news flying back and forth. Um, I personally have been a little underwhelmed so far with the actual presentations we've seen. But there's a little something for everybody. Just not too much major in the ways of RPGs. But uh, let's see what there is. You want to kick us off, Rich? Yeah, I'd love to. So this one was interesting. Didn't know this was happening. East 10. Teased info, teased for July 7th issue of Famitsu. So uh, the last game that came out was uh, East 9. That was uh, Monstrum Nox. So that just came out last year. Um, There's also a PC version and everything. But as of right now, there is just a... Um, no, no news yet for it, but it will be coming out probably next month. Um, I, I didn't realize this, but Yeez is celebrating his 35th anniversary. Yeah, lots of anniversaries going on lately. 
Yeah. Um, from East one to East nine. Um, so we'll find out what happens here soon with Adol. If, if Adol is going to be the next person in this, I feel like he's been around forever as the main character of all these games, but is it, is it even East if Adol is not the main character? Yeah, it's not. (laughs) And I do love that. I do. That's the one thing. And I wish I played more East games. I'm kind of, I'm still in seven. Uh, no, I'm still in eight. Eight's the one that everybody loves. Um, but it seems like this guy gets in so many trouble, and I love that he's the main character of the whole series. Yeah, so that's one thing that's unique about it. Yeah, so that as of now, uh, that's the only thing that I have for it that there is an East Ten coming. Uh, just don't know when. It could be a couple years out. But uh, if you're a big East fan, keep keep an eye out. It's coming. Yep. Weren't people kind of disappointed with East Nine in comparison to Eight? I guess. I mean. It's not the same as East uh, 8, for sure. I played a little bit of it. But I think the fans of the series liked it, but I think the people that were just, like, trying it just to try it weren't a fan. So maybe that's where the Discord came in. So Okay. All right. Oh. Well, hopefully East 10 is a, a return to form. Okay, Fire Emblem Houses. Well, that's not what it's called. Fire Emblem Warriors, Three Hopes. Uh, I, missed, I made a typo on this the other day and, and wrote Three Holes. <laughs> um, I was drinking when you did that, and it hurt so bad. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, bang energy. Uh, so there's there's been a new trailer, and it has confirmed that the Ashen Wolves, who are the uh, the group of characters introduced in the DLC of Three Houses, are playable. And one thing I thought was interesting is that basically, apparently, every freaking character in in Three Houses is playable in this game. This is the Muso based on Fire Emblem uh, three, three Houses. And also when they dropped this trailer, they uh, also immediately released a demo that's out on the eShop now. And so that contains the prologue of all three routes. There's uh, the first four chapter of all three routes. You know, there's, you know, Edelgard and then Dimitris and Claude's and so on. Um, one thing that really weirded me out about this though is for some reason I thought this game is going to be like a prequel but apparently it's like a alternate retelling of the original game so I'm like I'm like less excited about it now why and I wasn't that excited about it in the first place so (laughs) So, I get all right yeah but they just like we like fire emblem uh three houses let's do this but with the warriors thing whatever I mean well, the, the plot hook is that you're playing as this... The main character is this new character uh, that wasn't in the original game. And then Byleth, the main character of the original game, is apparently like some kind of dark demon assassin. And so I thought that that meant that like Byleth was going to be the villain and this is going to explain like how they came to be where they were at the beginning of the game. But who knows now? But um, uh. I'm sure that... You know, that'll be a, a good game regardless. I've heard good things as far as people that have been able to preview it, but who knows? It's cool that they included all the characters, though. Um, I guess it's going to be more like a class-based system rather than each character being truly unique with all that. But yeah, um, that's all there is to say about that. All right, so this is something that, that just recently came out. Um, I think it was announced like a day or so ago. Uh, the Final Fantasy VII 25th anniversary live stream, which is June 16th. Um, so as I get this thing pulled up, there's supposed to be, it's about 10 minutes long. 
It's going to be short and sweet, is what the article says. Um, That's basically what Nomura said about it, that it's short, but yeah, it's going to be good, apparently. It claims, okay, so a lot of people are saying it's, it, it claims it's going to have, uh, or no, it doesn't claim. There's a lot of speculation that it's going to have part two, Crisis Core stuff, Dirge of Service, and the whole compilation. So there's going to be like, I, which I don't, I don't believe so because it's only 10 minutes long. Is what I was reading the article. But yeah. well, it's talking about Ever Crisis, which is that um, mobile game. The mobile like a, game, yeah, that retelling of all the entire compilation story that actually looks like it might be good. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks like it'd be fun, but uh, yeah, please stop, please stop with the first soldier crap. That show that uh, mobile game. June sixteenth. What day of the week is that? That is four days. It's Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. Oh, interesting. Okay, I might stream it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, what do you think? What do you hope is going to be out of this? Um, I know what I have. Ex- I have some thoughts, but what do you? What do you hope out of it? I just want give me a trailer for part two. That's all I want. Remake part two. I don't. I don't know okay. what else they could possibly do that would, you know, get me hyped at this point. Well, but Nomura has promised there will be something about part two in here. So, <laughs> yeah. What really bothers me is the fact that we've had part. Uh, Final Fantasy Remake came out at the very beginning of COVID. Yeah. Right? Okay. I'll look up the release date on the side here. But it should not, now barring COVID did happen, but it should not be t- so long to get part two because all the assets are the same. I know they polished it up with the PS5. Um, and they've done the uh, DLC, Yuffie DLC, but nothing should change too much. In my opinion, so what's what's taking so long? Well, they got to make a playset for Red Thirteen, and you know probably another character or so. Who knows how far Part Two is going to go? And they do have to remake all these new areas because uh, it's not just Midgar. You know they got to do Calm and Junon and who knows what else. But Gold yeah, Saucer. yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't know, you know, I'm not a game developer, but I, I'm kind of on the same page as you a little bit where I, I would have thought that it wouldn't be, you know, three or four years between parts, hopefully. Yeah. Well, I think it's like they, they finish the game, they release it, they're already, they should have been halfway or at least a third of it of part two done. Yeah. So that way continuous pump out, because let's be honest. If Call of Duty can keep pumping games out every freaking year with different studios and revolving to it, Square Enix should be able to do the same thing. Should be. I don't so know if Call I, of Duty that's and, just my Final, opinion. and modern Final Fantasy are comparable. but <laughs> Well, I mean, think about the development stuff. Too. The, the graphics in Call of Duty stuff are not bad. I yeah. mean, in the stories are not bad. So I, I don't know. That's just my opinion. I might be wrong. I probably am wrong. So that's just what I think. Let's just hope that this update isn't like development of Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two is proceeding smoothly. Please uh, continue to be patient as more news is on the horizon. And that's all they say about it. <laughs> I will lie. Yeah. It's I can totally see that fair. happening, though. Especially now that six, uh, FF16 has been delayed. Well, I guess it never was delayed necessarily. But now that we know it's we're not getting it till next year, it's like, oof. I hope that doesn't mean two, three more years for seven remake part two. I know it's not the same team, so, but yeah. So here's my thought. 
this would be a smart decision for Square Enix. So they've dumped all their other stuff. They, they've dumped, they've sold off all that other crap, all that fat they had. Released part seven or uh, part two in the fall. Yeah. That's that's going to be a huge sale for them. Then 16, and then a year later, part three. Like, that's how much money. They would make a shit ton of money. Yeah. I just wonder how real. I, I get two years. I would rather it be like yearly, but any more than that, yeah. I'm like, come on. Come on, please. Or I don't want to be in my 40s when this game is complete. (laughs) I'll be in my 40s. (laughs) Um, What is it? I I would if if we don't get part two, maybe something about Crisis Core. That'd be nice. I mean, yeah. Other than okay, let's see. How could they fill 10 minutes? They could give us a nice trailer for Seven Remake Part Two. They could give us a nice trailer for Ever Crisis. They can announce the next leg of the first Soldier campaign is here. <laughs> uh, the only other thing, though, would be like either a new title that we don't know about or something with the Crisis Core. So I, I hope Crisis Core because the, I, I know in the community there are so many people out there like, we want to play Crisis Core on a modern console. Yeah. Like Switch, PC, PlayStation, something. So <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'll definitely be watching it live, whether I'm streaming it or not. Um, hopefully it's not disappointing. If you yep. stream it live, I'll watch it on your channel. Gotcha. Just go throw it out there. Be fun. Reaction yeah. stream. Yep. <laughs> Yay. You got anything else on this? No, that's it. Let's just hope we get something. Everybody pray. Pray yep. hard. All right. I don't know how many people were excited about this, but the Metal Max Wild West game has been officially canceled by Katakawa Games. So this title was originally revealed as Metal Max Xeno Reborn 2 in 2019 which was itself a remake of the 2018 title, Metal Max Xeno. And it was supposed to come out uh, on the PS4 and Switch in 2020. So then they delayed it. And just reading the history here, here's what they said about it. We hear by Inform that we have decided to cancel the development of Metal Max Wild West for PlayStation 4 and Nintendo Switch. We proceeded on the development of Metal Max Wild West as the series' latest title while aiming to release it in 2022. But after taking things like the current development progress into consideration, we ended up with the decision to cancel the development. We heartfeltly apologize for causing such a great bother. <laughs> That's right. The way they, the way they phrase that is funny. Great bother. <laughs> to all related people and fans who have been looking forward to this game due to this decision. So I mainly bring this up because I know technically the current Golden Years game is some kind of Metal Max game. <laughs> um... So it is relevant. Have you ever played a Metal Max game? Nope. Yeah, I don't know anything don't about, about it either. I just always assume it's something related to Mad Max, but I don't <laughs> think it is at all. <laughs> um, but I haven't really ta- seen anybody talking about this, so somebody, hopefully, nobody cares too much. I hope nobody was uh, uh, had a great bother placed on them. <laughs> <laughs> Probably did. All right, so this one's, we'll just do a quick little one on this guy. Uh, Metallica-powered Marvel Midnight Suns trailer was revealed, uh, reveals Spider-Man. So if you're interested in that game, the tactical, like, card uh, Marvel game that's coming out, the only thing interesting about this article, is over me and you, Scott, is the fact that Spider-Man is going to be on the Xbox version, so it wasn't a problem for them. But Yuri, uh, what's his name? Yuri uh, Lowenthal who voiced Spider-Man in the Insomniac games that we both love. Mm-hmm. Um, 
will be rep- reprising his role. Oh, really? So that's cool. yeah, he, he will be Peter Parker again. So that's pretty nice. Um, it should be this game. If you're interested in it, um, is going to be released uh, for PlayStation uh, five and four Xbox X and S and Xbox one uh, October 7th this year. Uh, a switch version will be released at a later date. Um, so we'll see about those. That's really it on this one. It is just a tactical uh, thing of XCOM, uh, but with card systems is what I saw. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It looks like it could be good, but I think a lot of people were disappointed by the card battle system. Cause yeah. apparently that's not normal for these types of games. Nope. Um, but this trailer did confirm Spider-Man, Venom, Blade, Ghost Rider. Um, and like you said, the interesting part was that they didn't have any problems getting Spider-Man on the Xbox because there was some speculation because of the uh, Spider-Man uh, being exclusive license. to Marvel's Avengers that on the, on the PlayStation that maybe there was some kind of licensing deal with Spider-Man and Sony these days. I don't think it's a licensing deal. I think it's um, Insomniac has Marvel has given Insomniac, which is now owned by PlayStation, the exclusive rights to do a full blown story campaign with Spider-Man. And they could borrow Spider-Man in those games, which is perfectly fine. But as long as it's not a full blown center around Spider-Man, I think that makes sense. One thing to add here that we didn't make a full article about it, but at some point during this game fest, they announced uh, that Spider-Man remastered is coming to PC. So there's that. I might too. get that on my, uh, my new laptop. See how that goes. <laughs> yeah. I hope it runs well. You'll have to let me know. It probably melt it. <laughs> it just, just explodes immediately. Yep. But yeah, that's what's uh, going on with that game. And then our final news story, uh, apparently Dragon Age Absolution is a new animated series coming to Netflix. So it takes place in the world Taventer Imperium, which is apparently where Dragon Age Dreadwolf is going to take place. Uh, the protagonist is Elvin, and a lot of people are speculating that this is either going to be like a precursor series or related to Dragon Age Dreadwolf somehow. Uh it's, the synopsis is created in collaboration with Bioware. Dragon Age Absolution is set in Taventer and features an ensemble of new characters inspired by Dragon Age lore, including elves, mages, knights, canari, red templars, demons, and other special surprises. So, I wonder if Brandon's going to watch this from our Dragon Age Enchantment podcast. He probably will. <laughs> I don't have anything else to add to this, really, other than it's interesting that they're is a Dragon Age cartoon or an anime or whatever you want to call it coming out. You got anything else to say about this? No, I didn't watch those. <laughs> yeah. Dragon Age is not something that I'm full blown interested in. Um, I don't know. I wasn't really a big fan of the Skyrim games either or the Skyrim game. The yeah. It's been released a thousand times. We mentioned it. I think it was last week when Dragon Age Dreadwolf was revealed. So Neither one of us are super into Dragon Age, but it is a big RPG series, so we do have to cover it from time to time. Yes. That's it for the news. So as far as RPGs that came out in the last week, uh, speaking of Metal Max, Metal Max Xeno Reborn came to PS4, Switch, and PC on June 10th, so at least there's something for the Metal Max fans. And The Hand of Merlin came to PS5, PS4, Xbox Series, Switch, and PC on June 14th. Correction, that's when it exited early access. What about this week? 
All right. So the things that come up this week, we have the Elder Scrolls Online High Isle, which is PS5, PS4, Xbox S, Xbox One, June 21st. Uh, Shadowrun Trilogy, which is PS5, Xbox, uh, PS5, PS4, Xbox S, Xbox One, Switch, June 21st. Uh, Gordon Quest PC, June 23rd. The Calgula Effect 2 PC, June 23rd. And then finally, the long-awaited, most anticipated game of the summer, Lies. Uh, the Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes uh, Switch June 24th. It's probably the biggest RPG release in June, truthfully. Probably. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's it. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to convene the RPG Club for the third segment of Final Fantasy 13. Do you like video games? Of course you do. Do you believe people should have positive mental health? Also, of course you do. Then come join me on Dragoon Effect, an audio-only Let's Play podcast that cares about your mental health. Come listen as I play through games like Alan Wake, Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, Doki Doki Literature Club, and talk about my life and my mental health and encourage others to do what's best for them and talk about it openly. We hope to see you soon. Okay, we are back. Rich, are you ready to convene the RPG club? Yep, let's do it. All right, everyone, quiet down. All rise. We're here today to bring to order the next session of the RPG club. All in favor? All opposed? And looks like the eyes have it. Then let the RPG Club commence! Okay, so our goal this time was to finish Chapter 7. So this segment included Chapters 6 and 7, uh, The Sunlit Waterscape and Palampolum. And that was due by today, as of this recording, which is Sunday, June 12th. Uh, so first things first, I'm the realist. Second thing, uh, Rich, did you uh, meet the checkpoint? No, I didn't. Shame, shame, shame. Well, I'm right there with you, cause nor did I. Shame, shame, shame. I had a really, really good excuse though. I did my, not. <laughs> my my fiance was in the hospital, so <laughs> uh, and he was he's been the one playing this. So, uh, what happened with you? Uh, I just got lost behind stuff. So that's basically what happened. Uh, I think this is the first time both hosts have failed to hit the checkpoint. Yep, makes me wonder if Bill hit it. I guess we'll find out in a little bit. Yep. Um, however. I know the game well enough to where I don't need to have a like a recollection or have played it recently to go over what happened and my thoughts and feelings on it. So how far did you get? Um, I finished chapter seven or chapter six. Sorry. I was like, okay. Yeah, chapter six is done. I got about 30 minutes from the end of chapter seven, maybe a little bit more, but I was like in the latter half of the chapter. Uh, so it's kind of depressing. Didn't quite make it. But uh, you've played this game before, 
So, oh yeah. Do you have like general feelings on this segment of the game? Um, it's a good one. I know if I'm correctly, seven is or chapter seven is really when it picks up and goes full blown. Like you get a lot of information dumped on you. So, um, yeah, I think it's a it's a good chapter. So, chapter seven is probably my favorite part of the game because there's a lot of plot resolutions. Your characters are are coming together and crossing roads. Um, lots of drama and character development, that type of thing, which you know I'm a sucker for. Oh yeah. Um, but why don't we start with chapter six? And since you actually did get to play that one, I gave it all to you. Yeah, I like that. So where we left off, um, we are with Zaz and Fenil in the Sunlith Waterscape. So Bill likes to ra- uh, rave on how this looks really good. It looks like a, uh, what was his description of that? I'm sure he'll tell us in his uh, tea time, but he loves it. So it, it, I, I do agree. It is a very well done environment area. Um, so it really is beautiful. It, it's a lot of, yeah, it's a lot of great, um, you know, color schemes, the the creatures, the, the flora, uh, the sounds, everything looks really nice. Lush greenery. Um, it's yes. The one thing I will um, say about which, it though, is all this dampness is damp. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you got to think about it too, though, look, when you get to the Sunliff uh, waterscape, if you notice, it's very bright and colorful, mm-hmm. but what's happening with our characters is very dark and depressing. Yeah. So it contrasts each other. So it's also got this is, upbeat, like almost catchy techno remix of the main yeah. theme of the game. Step into the rainbow. <laughs> but Saz is like, I just want to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's happening is uh, Zaz and Fenil are still on the run. They uh, leave the junkyards. They're in this area. Zaz is just, like you said, depressed, uh, decides he can't really do anything. He can't help uh, Lightning and Hope. He just wants to run. Well, so they have those military wings or airships that like zoom by towards Pelham Pelham, which they know is where Lightning and Hope are headed. Is that that's towards the end of the chapter, I think. I thought it was no, at the beginning. It might have been at the beginning. So it sees them go and it's like, well, I wonder if they're caught up in that. So Vanille is like, well, do you want to go back or let's just run? So she says, right then. No choice. Let's run the other way. Yep. Vanille just likes to run. So, and we'll find out more reasons why for that uh, later on the road. But you know, they just go through the waterscape, you know, just trying to get away from everybody as much as possible. Um, eventually, in a camp area, uh, Vanille has basically rest and everything, and uh, Zaz goes off on his own. But the one thing that is revealed that Zaz talks about is Kit, uh, Dodge. And we learned that there was an accident at uh, uh, Uride uh, Gorge. Uriday. Which, Uriday, I couldn't pronounce it very well, Uriday Gorge. Uh, which is actually handled by a falci, uh, a pulse falci. So what happens is something happens and explodes, causing Dodge to break away. Dodge gets caught up and, and Dodge is a little six-year-old probably, I would say, um, gets caught up and the falci basically makes Dodge a, let's see. Right. Just a to sanctum. protect himself. Let's see. Sanctum. Which so apparently none those of those have been, yeah those have, none of those have been created as far as we know since the war, yeah. So that is a big deal. But with what happens is sanctum or psychom or is it sanctum 
or Psycom. I think it's Sanctum Military shows up, takes uh, Dodge away, and Zaz is left just yep. not knowing what happened. His son's gone. Um, he knows that his son's going to be dead, and it's just a huge let not really let down but depression this this explains why zaz is just not there he yeah. doesn't he doesn't really care he's just like whatever my life is gone my kid's gonna be is either a seath or he's crystal so right they don't know but we also find he, out that apparently after he became lsc dodge gained the ability to like sense pulsian agents like is he's how, the reason, that, yeah. How they found the Pulse Fauci and Bodum in the first place, yeah. So there's a lot of weird connections here that me and you can't talk about yet. If yeah. go, if you've played the game, you're like that makes sense. Um, you also get to see Bill's favorite character, <laughs> uh, Jill and Nabat. Um, yeah, so yeah. you can see her. We don't I get don't to learn her. a lot about her right now. We just know that she was the Psycom officer in charge of what happened with Dodge and trying to figure out yeah. his focus and all that. So if you think about it, Dodge is now a, he's a, he's a pulse seeker. So he basically finds pulse stuff. Like you said, Scott, and he alerts everybody and that's how everything. So Dodge it's weird is the way it works. He doesn't like cognitively realize that he's doing it. He's just like, I yes. feel like I want to go here. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so if you think about it, Dodge is the reason why the, the purge happened. Yep. One so, reason anyway. Well, as of right now, that's the reason why. So But also in this cutscene, there's a flash of Vanille hovering over Dodge's body before Saz finds him. But do we think it's Dodge? Or think it's Vanille? I mean you we it, can tell. It almost yeah, it clearly shows her. It just doesn't yeah. explain anything about why. Which is why Vanille does have a little deal that says that, you know, if she could tell him, how would she tell him? that it's her fault that Dodge is gone, which is probably why she feels so responsible. And we'll talk about that here in a few moments, but she tries to keep him upbeat and cheery. Yeah. Once Vanille figures out that Saz is the father of that kid, she acts all depressed as well for the rest of the chapter. So, yeah. So that whole colorful scheme of the waterscape matches it completely. So (laughs) once you're through that, um, you, go through just a few little puzzle area involving little mechanics of uh, changing the weather from sunny to, to rain, which changes the, the creatures you fight, all that. Um, it's an interesting little the, change up for the end of this chapter. Oh yeah. Um, then you actually get to the boss, which is uh, Inky and uh, in Inley. I think that's how you pronounce it. So these are just little creatures that uh, look like moss tree stumps. Yeah. With legs. Uh, did you have any trouble with them? No, not really. I died a couple times. It took me <laughs> a minute to figure out which one to kill first. It's also playing um, like some whimsical jazz music during this yeah. battle, which is interesting. <laughs> the music pick for this game is sometimes like, why would we do that? So yeah. um, once those are done, uh, you go up the, the cliffside and you find the dock to get to um, what's Nautilus, the name of the place? Nautilus, going, which is like a theme so, park area city. It's like Disneyland. So you get through, yeah, Disneyland. Um, so you get there, it's raining. Uh, Zaz is, you know, like, I guess we're gonna have to wait for the boat. Um, they won't follow us there, but that's where Vanille takes off to the side in the rain, hiding her tears because she's upset still that she can't tell um, Zaz that, you know, like we said earlier, that she's responsible for her son, or for his son, 
basically she 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 believes that she killed him. Yep. So and that that's the whole way uh, reason that Saz was even along for the ride because he didn't have to get on the purge train. No. Uh, but he did, and just to get closer to the Pulse Foul C, because if he took out the Pulse Foul C, that might complete Dodge's focus, um, since they don't know what his focus is, and he's a cocoon. Let's see. But if his focus was to take out the the Pulse Let's see, then he has to die in order to save Dodge. Yep. There's this one little quick clip where it, it looks like Saz was thinking about shooting himself during here. The Chocobo chick lands on the gun and shakes its head. But Wait, was bird, it this this game or or this section or was it later on? I think it's later on. There's a clip here of where it, he's clearly like thinking oh. about it. Oh, uh, okay. Remember when the Chocobo the chick? Scene? Yeah, the Chocobo gotcha. chick like lands on his gun and shakes its head. Gotcha. The bird says sense. no. Yeah, yeah. That's uh chapter six. Some interesting revelations. We finally learn Saz's motivations, and we learn that something uh mysterious is going on with vanille as well but then we get on to chapter seven palum polum which is my favorite chapter in the game like i mentioned a lot happens here uh, it starts off you get introduced to uh lieutenant yog rosh who is another high up in psycom lightning and hope have arrived in palum polum which is hope's hometown and it looks like they're the military has decided to get serious about you know catching the let's see you know no more mr nice guy military <laughs> So the Lightning and Hope arrive, and they decide they're going to sneak in through the sewers. Hope's still hell-bent on Operation Nora. You go through this underground Nutriculture complex, which is basically where all the food for Cocoon is made. Uh, they see the Carbuncle Fauci. They kind of contemplate taking it out, but then Lightning's like, that'll make us popular. Take it, Get it rid of the food. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's also... This is where you run into the Flanitor, the infamous Flanitor enemies, which are the, the green flan with the alarm systems that heal each other. Wee, 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 wee. Yeah. <laughs> you get one, it's like they all freak out. Yeah. Um, after a while, Hope says something along the lines of like, you know, we're kind of like pets to the Falsy. And this triggers a huge like epiphany revelation within Lightning. Uh, and she realizes that basically... Her entire life, she's been nothing but a like a pawn to the Fauci. Like she's just one cog in the wheel for them. Everything she's ever done has been a part of their plan. Of course, she doesn't like that. So at, at this point, she's like, you know, maybe what the path I'm on is not the right one. And she tells Hope that he has to. She also realizes I wasn't there for Sarah. Snow was. Snow was the only one there for her. So she's decided to do a complete 180 here, and she tells Hope that he can't go through with Operation Nora. So, of course, Hope doesn't like that. He's like, well, then what the hell am I fighting for? Uh, and then they leave the complex with much to discuss. But then, what is probably my favorite scene in the game, Lightning and Hope exit the sewers and then are completely surrounded, like overwhelmingly caught by the military. It's just like a total, you know, hundreds of soldiers type of deal. And Lightning tells Hope, run, you survive. So Lightning is going to sacrifice herself for Hope, which is just like a really cool moment for me. Uh, luckily, right in the nick of time, Snow arrives with Fang. 
and Ooh. Snow and Fang is the mysterious woman that captured Snow. And Snow summons Shiva and basically takes out the entire like platoon of soldiers here riding all around. Fang's on uh, uh, in, in saddle with them, shooting things. It's a big action scene right here and a very uh, visual spectacle with Shiva. And uh, Lightning's also like taking guards out on the side. It's really cool. Very cool FMV. Even though Snow's like the hero of this little segment. <laughs> I still love it. Uh, so Lightning decides that in order to keep Hope safe, she leaves Hope with Snow that, so that she can be she can be a detract uh, like a diversion for them to get away safely. It's a great Which, plan. <laughs> you would think so, but it seems foolhardy of her to underestimate like how much hope really does hate snow at this point. <laughs> um, and Fang also goes off with lightning as well, which also always confused me because at this part, she says, and then never three to snow. And then she immediately leaves. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so you, you get to use Shiva in battle. You take out like a little mini bus and there's, it's snow and hope at this point, which is kind of a tricky little combo to play as a little bit. Uh, cause you got to use sentinels and buffs and all that. But anyway, they decide they're going to rendezvous at hope's house. Do you remember all this from your last playthrough? I, I do. It's where he gets to, uh, go back to his house. His dad's there. Um, they have to like explain like, you know, yep. mom's dead. <laughs> right. It's this guy's fault. Snow is hurt basically. Yeah. That's coming up. So, Hope and Snow make their way through the city. And this part's always funny to me because Snow keeps saying like the most stupid things imaginable. Like the worst thing he could possibly say to Hope, he does. Like uh, at one point, Snow says uh, something about how it's stupid to fight. Or Hope's like, you think it's stupid to fight? And Snow says, it is if you die. So, (laughs) of course, uh, that's what happened to his mom. Um. And then apparently the government has decided to purge the residents of Palampolum just because the Lassie are here now. So Snow creates a diversion. He acts like he is like an evil Lassie, clears the streets by shooting into the sky. There's a cool sequence here where the people decide to fight back and they do like a mob mentality thing on Hope and Snow. Uh, Luckily, Snow is able to get out of it by uh, taking out like a ceiling rafter. Uh, At this point, they escape. Switches back to Fang and Lightning. And this is where we finally figure out what Fang's whole deal is. She explains her backstory to Lightning. Apparently, she and Vanille are pulseless sea, and Vanille is her partner. Um, so she reveals like what happened to Sarah and how they indirectly caused the purge. And it's a it's a whole like flashback and all that. And as they the woke end, up, wasn't it? Yeah. She she literally says this whole thing started because Vanille and I woke up. <laughs> um, so there's this cool scene where Lightning gives her a backhand uh, across the face. So and, she backhands uh, Fang, but punches Snow straight in the face. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Fang says, feel better. And Lightning's like, not really. She says, tell that to my jaw. <laughs> it's a cool scene. And of course, I think most people... You know, people really hate on the cast of Final Fantasy 13, but I think most people are pretty cool with Fang in general. 
I, I'm okay with it. And I, I like how you have a little spot here where it says the government decides to purge the residents. So every time they go to a place, I, I honestly believe it's, and I don't think they're talking about it. It's not per, they're not purging the citizens or the purging because of pulse law C they're purging them because the pulse fallacy could turn the citizens to the truth of what is actually happening. Yeah. So in order to get rid of everybody, they've just, anybody that comes in contact with the pulse to see, they're like, all right, we just got to kill you. So that's, what's happening is wasn't it. They were starting to purge the residents of uh, Palapolo. Yep. And uh, there's one part in here where lightning tries to contact snow and snow was basically telling her that apparently Sarah can be returned from crystal, but lightning's main concern right now is hope. And so, yep she tries to tell snow like about hope's hatred for him and what's all happened. And then of course the, uh, <laughs> that's when the calm goes out. Yeah. Just watch out. The little boy's going to stab you in the back. Yeah. <laughs> Literally going to stab you in the back. If you turn around. Right. What stab. So hope and snow are like going along this area called Felix Heights. And, uh, they have a conversation about what it means to protect your family. And what do you do when there is no future? And he finally gets through to snow a little bit and kind of shakes snow as far as uh, like snow having a bit of an emotional breakdown. Uh, and then they get into a fight and basically hope finally goes ape shit. He kind of explodes with magical power, knocks snow off the edge of the building and snow's just kind of like hanging there by hand. And this is when hope pulls out lightning's knife and is reveals that you know his mom was Nora Estime and she died fighting or whatever. <laughs> and uh, Snow realizes that, oh shit, he's the kid she asked me to protect. Uh, just at that moment, like a, a tank shoots the wall behind them and it knocks Hope off the building too. So Snow lets go, grabs Hope, and basically uses his body as like a human shield as they like crash through all kinds of rafters and awnings and it's a it's a big fall. <laughs> Bear hug. <laughs> yeah. Um, later, Snow wakes up. Hope's out. He's like battered. He gives Hope like a the unconscious Hope like a piggyback ride. He's barely able to like walk. More shit happens. A lot happens in this chapter, obviously. <laughs> uh, he tries to carry Hope to safety, but eventually Hope wakes up and they have a conversation. They They sort of reconcile. I didn't get to this part, so I don't remember a lot of the exact dialogue. But basically, hope they come to an understanding. That's when this big mech called the Ushmal Subjugator shows up. It's like this big red spidery looking wasp mech. It's pretty cool looking. Uh, but unfortunately, hope is or snow is too weak to fight. And I really like this part. Like hope kind of throws them back to protect snow. And you actually have a boss battle against this thing where it's just hope against like this huge mech. Um, yeah. I, it hope's not that, that strong to take the thing on though. I remember that correctly. Yeah. Well, like you're, you're playing as a mage and as you know, you can't really do damage with just magic. So, <laughs> yep. however, it, it is one of my favorite hope moments in the game where he protects snow by trying to take on this huge thing by himself. Um, luckily after a few rounds of, you know, nothing, that's when lightning and Fang show up. And then of course you've got one of the best parties in the game, lightning, Fang and hope, yep. uh, yep. fighting together. <laughs> um, you take it out 
everybody makes up and reconcile. Thank God we're happy again. And they all go to Hope's house. So they talk to the Hope's dad. There's a long conversation here where uh, Hope and his dad reconcile. Apparently, Hope has had a, like a huge misread on his dad the whole time, where his dad was just so focused on work that he didn't seem to care about the family. Uh, but, of course, they reconcile. There's also a scene here where light, Lightning is talking to Snow in bed. Snow's all like battered and bandaged. Other than the bandages, though, he is shirtless. And damn. <laughs> <laughs> He's a little cut. Big man. Uh, so Lightning's like, you were the only one there for Sarah. I was wrong all along. I'm sorry. And they reconcile and they forgive each other and all that. So a nice little quiet moment here as you're walking around and exploring the house. Then, of course, the house gets raided by Psycom. You take out a bunch of soldiers and then eventually you have to fight like one of those giant sky tanks. And it's kind of an interesting battle because you got to take all, like all its different parts first to make it explode. And then it's cannons. Eventually you get it. But then another one shows up and they're like, oh, God, I don't think we can do another one. And that's when it gets blasted out of the sky by the cavalry who are finally here as backup. Because, you know, they're working with they want to work with the Lassie for some reason that we don't know yet. Yep. They pick him up. They take Hope's dad, Bartholomew, to safety. And I believe that is where the chapter ends. Dun-dun. So, yeah, a fucking shit ton happens in that part. But <laughs> yep. uh, I'm not going to say it's all downhill from from here because there's definitely some huge moments in later chapters. But this is like what I imagine is the peak of the first half of the story being resolved. Um, which I, I like. would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we've got all of our character developments between these four kind of, uh, resolved. So we need to check in on Vanilla and Saz next time. Uh, any other thoughts on chapter seven? Nope. You're right. This is where it does pick up and, mm-hmm. uh, things start to move very quickly on what's happening. So, um, yeah, stay tuned. Yep. All right, we do have a tea time with Bill, so let's see what he has to say. And now, it's time we join an old friend once again. It's tea time with Bill. Hello, you wonderful people, and yes, welcome back to another tea time with Bill. And yes, I will do my best to keep this down to around five minutes, unlike Scott, who submitted a bloody nine-minute audio segment for the Chrono Cross Club. Damn it. Anyway, yeah, listen to the Chrono Cross Club. It's way you go. It's great. It's great. Good stuff's going on over there. Scott loves it. Anyway, yes. Oh, my God. Chapter six. Right, quick, quick, quick. Gotta go, gotta go. Um, yes. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, Sunloof Waterscape. Oh, oh, my God. This is possibly the greatest area in computer gaming history. And I was really disappointed with how short this bit was. So you start off with Sars and Vanille and they walk out into the area and it is just gorgeous. This is just such a beautiful place. You can look around, there's huge trees, you're going through the canopy, there's all waterfalls everywhere. It is just a joy to behold. I think I had a lot fonder memories of this section than kind of actually replaying it. Because uh, you, you go to this place a lot in FF uh, Final Fantasy thirteen too. And it is just gorgeous. I love the music as well. I love that lady when she starts singing. It is just really, really good. Really good fun. And you find out a lot more about Sars and Vanille in this point. And you find out that Sars actually being a dad and then his son was made a lassie. And you see Vanille's hand while he's being made into a thing. 
So this is where we start to find out more about Vanille's backstory and stuff. And it's just really good. Chapter six was just absolutely wonderful. The only probably weird thing was, is like as you start to come out of the Sunloof waterscape and you get to the uh, rain-spotted vale, is the weird weather system. We have to change it. It was cool. I kept changing it to go fight the wyverns because I really enjoyed those fights. <laughs> they were just good fun. But um, yeah, the weather's like balls where you change weather system is just really weird and confusing to me. And then, yeah, then they suddenly get to the end and they get on the train and it's just like oh my god there's society <laughs> it's just like we've been running through the wildernesses of cocoon for so long it was just really jarring to suddenly be like they climbed through a fence and there they were at a train station it's like whoa what's going on here and then we enter chapter seven where we get to uh palum 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 yeah uh what dumbass fucking name i know i know it's the guys from final fantasy the twins from final fantasy Four. fucking hell it's dumb but yeah it's really cool though i like the bit where you're with you're essentially going full metal gear solid with hope and lightning and you're trying to get through <clears throat> the town and going through the sewers to get into the thing and then you get to the carbuncle area oh my god that is so cool i love seeing the carbuncle falsi spinning round and round it's just gorgeous absolutely gorgeous i can't say the word gorgeous enough about this game but yeah, uh, unfortunately, I, I I got to the end of this and I did the next section where we have the big cutscene with Snow and Fang turning up and Shiva coming out. Awesome, awesome stuff. But I had to go back a save and do it again because I realised I had forgotten uh, in the area where Carbuncle is, the Aqua Ring. Yeah, there's a fucking Aqua Ring sitting there and I realised I'd forgotten it. Uh, and you need an Aqua Ring. Uh, I think there's only two in the game. You can get one in Chapter 6 <laughs> and one in Chapter 7. So make sure you get these fucking Aqua Wings. Um, <clears throat> otherwise, it, I think it locks... If you don't have it, so you can... That's how you can somehow get locked out of the um, the thing where you have to get all the items in the game, that achievement. So I went back and did that. It cost me half an hour of time. But, uh, you know, extra little bit of grinding. It was great. When I got Snow back into my team, I've done his Crystarium. So I've done it twice. <laughs> uh, the first time I had like six nodes left. And then the second time I literally had two nodes left. And I was just like inches, of, centimeters away from one of the nodes as well. Uh, so, yeah, it was really cool. Just like instantly maxing out Snow and then just going on an absolute rampage to get to... Um, to get the Hope's house. And then, yeah, you get to go through all the things. I have to admit, this little section did drag on a bit for me, but it was cool getting the whole resolution of Snow's anger towards... Sorry, her Hope's anger towards Snow. Uh, there was the cute scene where he gave the doll back to the girl. And you get all this, like, existential, like, all the problems that they've had sort of coming together and then being like, <clears throat> okay, we've all got to stop running. You know, eventually the whole team gets back together um, Snow gets injured, so thankfully he doesn't have to fight. And then, we, yeah, then it finally opens up to the fact we can actually have a three-man team! We get Hope, Fang, and Lightning together as a team. And, oh, it was so good. So good. So much fun getting to fight that giant spaceship thing and then the uh, the giant bird thing. It was just like, oh, yes, the game's letting me off the leash now. Letting me off the leash. So I've got a couple of questions for Scott. Number one, why has Fang only got three action slots? Vanille had four. I'm confused. Uh, number two, why has Hope's dad got the worst tie ever and Jewel has the best tie ever? What's going on with the ties in this game? And third, for some reason, Lightning and Fang didn't work very well as a team. They kept attacking different monsters. Is there a reason why they do that when I select them on one monster? I don't know. Anyway, Scott, answer those questions to me now, please. But yeah, really enjoyed this section. And yeah, I just can't wait to move on to the next bit, which is going to be really cool. I think is this is a bit with the chocobos. It's a bit with the chocobos coming. I hope so. Anyway, guys, this has been Bill. This has been my tea time, and I kept it five minutes. Fuck you, Scott. Love you all. This <laughs> is a last minute jab at you. Is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I like how he uh, ranted about the Sunlit Waterscape after you pointed out that he was going to rant about the Sunlit Waterscape. <laughs> yeah, told you. Uh, I can answer. I can actually answer all those questions. I think.
So he said Vanille has four, Fang has three ATB slots. Uh, no, Vanille has three at the start of the game, and so does Fang. You get your third ATB slot when you become LSC. So far, the only characters that have four ATB slots are those that have their idolons. So there's that cleared up. Um, Boom. The second question was about uh, Hope's dad's tie. Maybe stupid ties are fashionable in Cocoon. We've seen Jill Nabot's little tiny tie that everybody loves. And uh, we've also seen how uh, Hope is dressed. So maybe the Estan family just doesn't know how to dress well. Or at least the men of the Estan family. I kind of like Nora's design myself. Um, what was the third question? Oh, uh, why did Lightning and Fang attack different char- uh, different targets? Unfortunately, if you have two commandos, the way the AI works is that they should split up their attacks. So there you go. I like it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was the tea time with Bill. Let's get into some of our listener feedback. Why don't you go first, Rich? Yeah. So Skeleton House states, this would be the worst D&D squad ever. Please stop splitting the party so I can have fun messing with par- uh, paradigms for three party members instead of just two. I never made it this far the last time I played, and I'm glad the character development of the characters I didn't like happened simultaneously. Snow, Hope, Lightning. So I could stop being like, wow, this guy sucks, or dude, your mom volunteered. You probably don't got to resort to murder. Please chill out a little. I, yeah, I agree with that one. <laughs> uh, I really wish the next segment started with a full party, but oh well. Still enjoyed, but it's probably like half as fun with just managing two characters, especially because we've been playing for double digit hours by this point. So, yeah, that's what he says. Well, uh, I agree with some of the stuff he said. I will say for those that are getting frustrated with the two character battles, just hang on. Hang on. We're so close to never having to worry about that again. So (laughs) Um, let's see. Kylie says, love the characters. Fang is dope. Fang getting punched is funny. Hope's family is awesome, and I wish we got to see more of his dad. But why? <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess he... Wow. This may be a spoiler, but I don't think you ever actually see him in person again for the rest of the series. So, nope. <laughs> he's mentioned a couple times in the sequels, but... Oh, you know what? I think he does show up in the ending of Lightning Returns. But anyway. Uh, Disa also says, This segment is emotional. Really caring about them all. Scott, yes, even Hope. <laughs> I'm glad she, she threw that in there. Wait a minute. I think she submitted more Lame. feedback. Yeah, she did. Uh, she did. She, you want to read that? Yeah, I'll read that. We'll, we'll get to Frost first. Let's get to Frost. Okay. Or did you want to read hers right now? Uh, we read hers right now. She also said, I really enjoyed this segment too. Really got emotional for me. And I feel like this is where it suddenly clicked again. And now we're a gang on an adventure conquering the world. Also, Fang, dot, dot, dot. I mean, she's amazing. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. All right. So Frost states, teams of two are getting old. It, it was quite the breath of fresh air. when We finally got a team of three for the subjector fight. Um, this section um, has out has out first bipedal uh, behemoth, some of the worst uh, enemies in the game to fight. Um, we also learned that Snow is an orphan. Uh, Fang is... Uh, Fangs in general is awesome, but I really like her outfit. Yeah, she looks badass. She's got this uh, Australian accent, and I love it. Mm. Pointing out the the bipedal behemoth is also a good point because those guys do suck because they always stand up yeah, when they're yeah. almost done, and then they heal completely, and then they're way harder after that as well. Yeah, so. you got to kill them fast. Yeah. 
So Ryan from the Out of Quarters podcast, uh, he just sent us screenshots of his um, phone notes. So I'm going to actually go ahead here and see if I can get up to chapter six. Okay, yeah. Uh, They said Dodge's wish was really cute. The game tells me not to fight something because it's too strong. Guess I got to fight it then. Did you fight any of the scale beasts, Rich? No, I passed it. No, I tried (laughs) once and it got my ass whooped. I was like, nope, done. Yo, what the fuck? Dodge being able to see had me shook. What a reveal. But then the scene shows Vanille there. What the, in all caps, fuck. I'm glad that Ryan really seems to be into it. Yeah, that's (laughs) good. Vanille and a figure in blue thinking emoji. At the Uriday Gorge where that incident took place, Vanille and a figure in blue. At the Europe... Europa Gorge, close, where that incident took place. What the fuck did you do, Vanille? In Chapter 5 outro, she mentioned dark secrets. Oh, Chapter 6 is the forest in Stranger of Paradise. Very cool. Oh, yeah, you know, the sunlit waterscape from Stranger of Paradise. (laughs) The wee sneak scene with the music was so goofy. I love how this game bounces between depressing and cute so much. Oof, okay, rain scene. At some point, it's going to come out where Vanille says her deal, and there'll be a point of view slash she'll outright apologize for causing the purge, and then shit is going to hit the fan with the rest of the party, and I'll be really sad. I think Ryan likes Vanille a lot. Suspicions. Yog Rosh's bio in the data log results second only to Jill Nabot, an early promotion to the rank of colonel. Jill Nabot attained the rank of colonel with unprecedented speed. Jill had an interest and was in charge of the stuff involving Dodge, and Yogg is in charge of the attempted apprehension of the main character, Lassiz. Both were promoted early and both being involved directly in Pulse Lassiz stuff. I feel like they might be unreported or confidential cocoon Lassiz. That's that's an interesting theory. I I won't say anything, but I I like where it's heads up. Yeah, we'll we'll find out. Um, so I will take over ROB since you just read that whole thing. So okay. ROB states the music continues to be amazing along with the backgrounds. As I mentioned before, Zaz's story is definitely hitting home a little more this playthrough. Changing the weather was fun. Uh, is it was a fun little trick. I also have to say I appreciate the stagger system and the way that you, makes you have to use both physical and magic for to, for it to be properly utilized. Otherwise, I would just commando all the way. Uh, but since my secondary character tends to be more the magic user, I'm still slicing away um, as a commando. So let us control all characters, not just the main. So, I mean, that's something that, you know, Final Fantasy people or people griped about with this one is you can only control one. Uh, but is what it is. Yep. Just wait. Um, but yeah, so I'm glad everybody seems to be enjoying it a little bit. I, nobody is like outright hating on it, really, which is surprising. Um, Good. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's all we got this week. This is a really cool part of the game. Um, next week is also a de- pretty cool part, our next segment. And then uh, we've got some interesting stuff after that, too. So thanks, everybody, for playing along with the club. I think we're going to close it out for now. I've got a complaint. 
What's that? There, there are not many Final Fantasy 13 remixes out there. That's because nobody liked it. But I tell you what, the Saber's Edge is my most favorite track of that whole entire game. I think that's um, that's probably one of my favorite boss themes in this series as well. Uh, unfortunately, they're going to stop using it as much in this uh, in this game going forward. Sad. Same. That was uh, the remix from Final Fantasy Record Keeper, by the way, because I literally can't. Ah. All the remixes I can find really are always uh, Blinded by Light, which is the main battle theme. So, oh, God. Uh, okay, launching into our outro. We have covered some good ground here next week. Again, I'm not really sure what we're doing. I'm hoping it'll be a Radical Dreamers review, but I'm still waiting on Bill to finish it. So, who knows? You may have Rich and me again next week for yet another news <laughs> episode. Yay! Reminder for the RPG Club the current game is Final Fantasy 13. The checkpoint is to complete Chapter 9, which is the Palamecia chapter. And that is due by Sunday, June 26th. Launch into our plugs. Please rate and review the show on whatever podcasting app you listen to us to. It helps us a lot with the algorithm. And don't forget to tell your friends. I know you got some RPG-loving friends. You want to join the community. Um, a great way to support the show is through Patreon. Uh, donations help us continue to do what we do. Um, with those rewards or different tiers we have, uh, you have early episode access, ad-free episodes, extra reviews, RPG Club, and many, many more. You can find that at patreon.com forward slash RPG after years. Uh, if you would like to catch us on Twitch and be a part of the show, we do stream the episode recordings live and respond to chat when we do so. Uh we usually stream those Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. That's at twitch.tv slash RPG After Years. If you'd like to ask a question or give some feedback to the show, feel free to email us, rpgafteryears at gmail.com. And if you want to communicate with us, we have a great Discord community uh, where everybody can come and talk about all things RPGs, which can be found in the show notes or our pinned tweet on Twitter. Be a part of the conversation. Yes. Speaking of Twitter... You can find the show at RPG Years. And if you would like to contact me personally, I'm at The Scott Spot. You want to talk to me? You can find me at HailBlue1569. And that's going to be it for this week's episode. Episode 116 was a fun one. We got some FF7 news to look forward to. And uh, we've we finished out Operation Nora. So tune in next week for episode 117 in which we're going to do whatever the fuck we feel like. <laughs> but until then, I'm Scott. And I'm Rich. A little late there, sir. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the RPG After Years. Bye. Bye.